This is the Wealthy Contractor Podcast, brought to you by G4 Marketing. Interviews with today's top home improvement entrepreneurs about marketing, sales, money, mindset, and lifestyle. Now, here's your host, Brian Kaskavalsian. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. This is Brian Kaskavalsian with G4 Marketing Group. And today I have got my longtime client and good friend, Mark Olson from Crumweedy Home Pros back again. He is a return guest. Mark, welcome. Thanks for coming back. Thanks for having me, Brian. So our the last episode that we had with Mark was back in, we were just looking it up. It's episode number 43. If you have not heard it, I would recommend going back. It was a fantastic episode because what we talked about back then was how Mark and his brother, Greg, basically got a company that had a ton of debt and they overcame the debt and had to kind of reimagine the business, but also kind of, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? You, you, you had to reinvent the business. That was what I was looking for. So you have to kind of reinvent the business. And so that's been a couple of years now, and it hasn't been easy, has it, Mark? No, and and it it just, it it was on an incline, we got better, we got out of debt, everything went great, and then it went right back on the decline. And then I had to reinvent kind of, again, because the process and procedures needed to change in order to get from A to B. And it's just a couple of licks that I'm taking, but obviously knowing people like you and people in the industry just talking really, you know, put, put a foot in my rear, you know, and, and gave me the tough love. And and by doing that, it, it's got me to the next level. I mean, level as in where we're going besides this COVID right now, but we're already, like I said, on a rocket ship to the next level. So what's awesome about, uh, about what you just said is that you you're not hunkered down in your office thinking, oh my God, I got to figure all of this out myself. You actually, you know, got up, you go make phone calls, you go to events, you meet people, you talk with people and you learn. And you have done a lot in your business over the last year. Let's do this though. Before we get into all of the stuff that you've done over the last year is let's give everybody like the one or two minute version of your story. Tell us a little bit about, about Crumweedy Home Pros and, and then we could start talking about some of the things that you've done over the last year. Yeah, so it, it, it's originally named Crumweedy Roofing. It's a 67-year-old company, but really a five-year-old business since me and my brother are taking it over. You know, you could kind of think of the chuck in the truck type company, and that's kind of what we joined. You know, when we came out of college in the recession, my brother and I obviously were looking for our careers in our field of, of you know, I'm in construction management, Greg was biology, but we couldn't find anything, so we're back on the roof. We saw the potential uh, the company had organically, just people calling, but we weren't very proud of the services and the, really the work we did. And as we started understanding the company and going to certain organizations and learning business, we realized this company is is going to fold any day now. It was just cash flow. And I was sick of going on unemployment, but that's kind of how I was programmed from, you know, our family. You know, that's just the way it was. And so... We worked our tails off, we got out of debt, and now we're really pumping it with processes, process, procedures, and profit. 
So that's kind of, we go from chromity roofing and exteriors, and now we're the chromity home pros because obviously the way we're growing, we want to start introducing uh, more interior trades with our growth. And again, the growth is trying to basically constantly grow and maintain and scale. This past year, I, I finally realized scalability and measuring and KPIs, how important those really are. But obviously it really started from that day I gave you a phone call of what do I do? I was talking about my two-step close to my one-step close, and you kind of knocked me on the head and gave me the tough love of which route to go. And then I reached out to Charlie Gundell and he kind of did the same thing and I just bit the bullet. And then that's how you introduced me to Mr. John Inglis. So it, it's really kind of changed, changed everything, but it also almost put the company under again. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, you know, so. sometimes to go to the next level is it requires some, some pain. So, you know, you talked about process, you talked about profit, you know, the big three things that I talk about with people in this business, especially is people, process and profit. And you have, you've made some big strides in each of those three areas. Two years ago, let's go back a couple of years when you and I started having that discussion, I think it was about two years ago that we had that discussion about the two call close versus the one call close. And the one call close, it's interesting, you know, people, a lot of people don't understand the one call close. A lot of people are afraid of it. A lot of people think of it as a dishonest, unethical, immoral way of doing business. I think you had a little bit of that also that you were kind of grappling with. Oh, big time. I thought it was just the dirtiest, sleaziest thing ever, and I didn't want to touch it. I just couldn't imagine trying to walk out with a sale and not leaving. I mean, the horror stories you hear. And yeah. honestly, none of that is true. I've had reviews go up. I, I, I go from a 4.7 to a 4.8 in Google, we, even, you know, we are guild quality. We just got the guild quality, uh, what is the, the master award? I mean, that is all about what you want your company to be. If you don't want to come up, come looking like that into the house and you got to train your reps, you know, it's all about earning the business the right way. You know, I mean, it's, what's the difference between the first step and the second step, you know, and that's what John used to tell me. And I said, I don't know, you know, it's earn the business, you know, I said, all right. Yeah. So, but you know, what's great about all about that also is there is a very defined process. And so this is where all of the stuff kind of how they work together. So there's a very defined process that when done a certain way creates a predictable result. That result being for every number of leads that I give you, you are going to bring me back a certain amount of money. Then we take that and we apply it into our profit model and we say, okay, is that process running profitably? And if that process yeah. is not running profitably, then what adjustments do we have to make? Then if we go backwards from there and we look at, okay, here's a process, I've got to be able to teach it. So one of the issues I know that you had with the two call close was salespeople, right? Having yeah, good yeah. salespeople that could go in and be productive and close sales and make money at the right price, right? You want yeah. to talk a little bit about that? So two years, let's back up for a second. So two years ago, how many salespeople did you have? I had four, well, five, including me. Back then? Yes. Back then. And how much were you out selling? What percentage was you and your brother? I was, yeah, I would say 70% running sales. You and your brother were 70%. My brother wasn't, he was more admin production. Oh, uh, that's so right. It okay, that's right. So it was mainly yeah. you. So it was, you yeah. were doing 70% and you had 
three or four other guys that were doing 30%. Yes. Okay. And so did that give you time to really focus on the business and grow the business and look at the numbers and the KPIs? No, it was, it was very stressful. Now, now here's the thing with the two-step and these guys, like a lot has changed as in we tried to be all things, all people. So someone called and wanted a cedar roof, slate roof, shingle roof, vinyl siding, fiber cement. We'll take it. We'll run with it. We didn't have a call center. You just set the lead. You go out there and you try to sell it. You know, then you go back to your office, you, you call around, price it up and go meet with them and present them, try to sell it. You know, I've learned that you cannot be all things, all people. If you want to scale a company, you find what you're very good at selling, define it and what's the most profitable, narrow it down and do it all in one sit. It was very difficult to stop doing and turning down everything that came in besides if it was an asphalt shingle, then we'll run it. If it's a single family home, we'll run it. If it's just vinyl siding, we'll run it. If it's just vinyl windows, we'll run it. Everything else, take the back seat. Yeah. And so that was a more, start that was very difficult. Yeah. So you yeah. got more focused. More focus, a narrow focus on, on what we could sell in our presentations. You know, we're not all things, all people. And again, that is extremely important to realize if you just narrow focus on what you have. And by doing that one, one stop open, we like to call it, not to close. We like to open a relationship, right? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> when we do like that, that, yeah, yeah, one stop open. When we, when we do that, you're able to measure better on, on our, our benchmarks, right? And that's trying to track that net sale per lead issue, which is a key number. And it's very difficult to do that on the two-step. And it's also very difficult to trust your sales reps to make that second appointment. And I was getting lead i was getting taken advantage by my leads where i our sales meetings were more about tell me about your hot list guys who do we have on the pipeline you know now it's we talk we we actually get to go over sales training we actually watch videos we actually uh run through other things besides the kpis or trying to figure out you know where is this lead what happened to this one what happened to this one i mean it, it, the smooth process is unbelievable right now I I can't imagine how I did it years ago, with from where I have right now. It's well, you were, well, you were. I remember you were stressed out all the time. So let me ask you. So today, how many salespeople do you have? Six. And what percentage of the business is coming from you? I haven't ran a sales appointment for Polly over a year. Wow! Look at that. How cool is that? So you actually get to focus on the business. I am 100% focused on the director of marketing and sales. We have a sales manager who's right along, who's implementing, um, who's doing a phenomenal job. And my job is to create these leads and get these leads in their, their hands yep. because now I know exactly what we're closing, what our NSLI is, and, and all I need to make sure is I'm bringing the leads in because now my marketing makes sense. I, I can measure everything down to the T. So what's interesting, so all business, regardless of the type of business it is, all has a set of fundamental economics behind it. And this business, the one you are in, the one that I would imagine most of the people that listen to this are in, has its own set of fundamental economics, which then give it a you know certain fundamental KPIs NSLI being one of them, you know, how much, uh, how much 
for every lead that I put out, how much money comes back? And is that money that's coming back profitable? You look at and you can measure every single, what does every phone call cost me? What does every appointment cost me? What does every blah, 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 blah. We can go on and on and on. But now you're acting as an owner measuring KPIs. You are now able to manage people to KPIs. And one of the things that I love, you know, especially when we went to that whole system, you know, when we did the EOS system and really started to look at our numbers is now you can hold people accountable to yes. their numbers. So with salespeople, you can hold them accountable, your sales manager, your product, everybody can be held accountable. Um, what, uh, uh, give me an idea last year or give the listener an idea about how many jobs did you guys complete last year? Uh, I want to say over 500. Over 500. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. And you made money last give year. Give or take 500. And you made money last, La- last year. Was, last year was that, that year. Uh, last year was a growing, a rebuild year. And I don't know if anyone out there listening understands what a rebuild year very stressful. You know, when I made that merge from a two to a one, I didn't realize you needed a call center. I didn't realize a lot of things that came with it. I had turnover. I had great sales reps that left because they were not bought in. I had people inside that left that were not bought in to the changes. I knew I had to make a change. I had, I was spending too much money on the sales reps, not performing too much money on leads that I couldn't measure. Uh, so profitability was getting really, really difficult to measure. So I decided, okay, it's time to clean up. And I cleaned up and it was extremely stressful. So stressful, like, you know, we're talking no one even answering the phones because I didn't have anyone at one point Yeah. because they quit. You know, I had to rebuild a call center. I had to rebuild a sales team. I had to, re- I had to train the production how to handle these type of sales because it's a different type of sale. It's a different type of way to, to act faster, you know, because now you have a three days right to rescission. When I was doing the two-step, the nice thing about that was I never had a canceled job. You move to a one-step, the more of an emotional buy, you're going to get at least a 10% cancellation. If you're not, you're leaving business on the table. But it started to really come all at once and realize, you know, we need to make money while we're doing these changes. So last year was a very difficult year. This year, though, again, we are hitting bench. We are smoking every month out of the water until this COVID-19 came. However, even April, we smoked April's sales goals. So we're on a path now and still on this path of of great success. And our margins are probably most likely the last we're checked, we're going to hit about 15%. Nice. And we should, no matter what. Of net, 15 of net. Yes. Nice. And that's roofing, siding windows. Yes. Nice. Nice. It's where it's supposed to be. So let me ask you this. So let me ask you, and this is, I, and, and, you know, I, I have the good fortune of knowing you and, and, and getting to spend time with you, but the, the listener doesn't. So let me ask you this for the listener. With everything you were going through, as stressed, yeah, stressful as it was to reinvent the business and make decisions. So you had to make a decision. Just so everybody understands, this was a fundamental change in the way that Mark thought about how his business should be done. The two call close versus the one call close. Now there's a lot of other things around it, but this was a fundamental thing that you had to overcome in your in your head. And you did it, to your credit. You finally said, okay, I'm gonna believe what these other people are telling me and I'm gonna do it. But it wasn't without its pain, for lack of a better word. 
what kept you going? This episode is brought to you by Business Success Consulting Group. Does the way your business currently operate prevent you from scaling and growing? Is the most valuable knowledge in your organization held by just a handful of key personnel? Are you spending valuable time training your teams instead of running your business? Business Success Consulting Group understands the challenges of organizing while you grow, and they specialize in putting order into the chaos of an expanding organization. Adi and her team at BSCG work closely with you and your team to capture vital business knowledge, and then they help you develop, document, optimize, and implement systems and processes across every area of your organization, from sales and operations to marketing, human resources, and business development. Adi and her team have decades of experience and will help you empower your teams to function effectively with reproducible results that will set your business up for continual success and expansion. Schedule your free consultation today by calling or texting 503-662-2911. I guess I constantly research and look at companies who are doing it and have faith and watch how they do it and understand how they do it. You know, you look at a lot of the much larger, more profitable companies and the systems they're doing, you know, to me, I had a deep feeling knowing that this is going to work. This is scalable. All my numbers when I was using our CRM at the time, I couldn't, it was just too unorganized. I I couldn't really grasp everything. And I knew the more I kept it up, the more I kept going, the more it's going to start coming together and making sense. And And it really did. I, I know everything's about the numbers. Everything's about scalability. And what I was doing before, I couldn't grasp it. It was too messy. It was too sloppy. Even if I tried to sit back and redo everything, it just didn't make sense. That style with the receptionist and the two-step and that form does work. It worked great. We made sales. You know, we were profitable doing that, but I couldn't get past the next step and something was missing. Again, there are people out there that do a two-step and that crush it and do phenomenal and and amen to you guys, but we could do that with a lot less work on a one-step with a call center. So I don't know. I I guess I just have my my vision, my mindset of where I want to be and how I'm going to get there while talking to people that are doing it and have done it on the way just keeps reassuring me that I'm doing the right thing. Yeah, and that's that's really important. And there's a lot of people out there that will give you free advice and really help you out. And just you know, you got to reach out to them. You mentioned, but you also you mentioned mindset, and I know that. And and look, I I I've been you know I I think I've been pretty transparent that that was also something I battled with for years and years and years is keeping keeping your head above water, keeping your your shit straight for lack of a better way of saying it and not letting fear and anxiety overtake you and i know that you know you battled your way through this i mean anybody that is out there we were talking before we turned on the recording i mean anybody that's out there tells you that you know building a business is easy as they're out of their minds you know just oh all you have to do is do this you know (laughs) <laughs> and, and it's going to be easy and you're going to make money. That's such a bunch of BS. Yeah. It's unbelievable. And it all starts with, and, and, you know, and I've seen it with you is it starts and ends with what do we think about? What do we believe? 
and and then and how do we go to work changing the thoughts that are holding us back how do we go about changing those beliefs that are holding us back and while doing that we keep moving forward you just got to keep moving forward and you you just you've done an incredible job over the last year one thing that i do want to point out well, go ahead. Comment on that, and then I would I yeah, point something I, out to the I, listener. I would have to, I would have to say I'm very fortunate to have a business coach since day one when I started this journey. Sean Foyer, he is a mindset coach of mine since day one, and having someone to talk to to get you through and constantly keep pushing you because you know I can make you know I'm a very high risk taker and I, and having someone who is more grounded and also very you know understanding of what I'm trying to do is very very important very helpful because I also have a partner my 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 best friend and my partner is my brother and he has a different mindset than me and when you want to make changes to a company and you have a partner you got to make sure both are in sync and understand and it's going to create friction and that's also why having a business coach is very important because this was not easy you know I I do have you know stress anxiety all, all the above but you know just Keep pushing at it. Keep talking to people that are positive around you. And then, you know, start with your worthy goal. You know, constantly repeat it, memorize it, think about it, read about it. You know, and that's really what keeps me going. Yeah. To the listener, I'm going to say it again. You've you've heard me say it a thousand times and I'm going to keep saying it over and over again. Success leaves clues. And if you, I just wrote down a few things. So you met in that, you know, in that little, that statement that you just made, you mentioned you have a business coach. Okay. Great. You talked with other people. You did not do this alone. And then you formed some new habits and that involved some repetition and, you know, talking to yourself and and doing the things that you needed to do to, you know, to coach yourself, to help yourself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to clarify one, one, one thing we're talking about what, you know, one step, selling system versus a two-step selling system. It depends on the business that you're in. It just so happens that, you know, I'm I'm a believer that if you sell replacements, roofing windows, siding, one-day bath, a whole host of things, it's a one, what we call a one-call close, or as you said, a one-call open, which is really nice. There are certain things in construction that are, um, or home improvement, that would be a two-call. So like, you know, kitchen remodeling, cut anything custom, obviously. But however, there is a process and a system and economics behind that as well. And so if you are in that business, then you have to understand what the economics are of your business. And then the underlying fundamentals of what make those economics work. And then you can design your processes around that. The, con- the, the, the underlying is, is exactly the same. In, in this case, the tactic or the strategy that we happen to be talking about is, a, is the selling system. So, so the other thing that was, that's been big for you over the last year or so is really now this new focus on profitability. And do you want to talk a little bit more about that? Because if I'm not mistaken, this year you are probably going to make more money than you've made before. So it's something new, if I'm not mistaken. So how are yes. you kind of, how are you wrapping your head around that? So, okay. <laughs> we figured something out that was very 
useful, but also very dangerous if certain people, you know, know about like sales reps, right? If you talk about price increase to sales reps, it goes right to the head. Yeah. It, it, it rattles their cages. So before we were doing a two-step, the way we used to cap out jobs for commission is they'd see the breakout and where, where the gross margins were, and then they get a percentage off of where they landed. That created a lot of problems because of unforeseens and, and if they mismeasured. We, we had to get the sales reps away from all of our pricing, seeing what it is, and really get things down to really just per square, per window. I mean, we, we narrowed it down so much where everything's included where they just you can't screw up almost, you know, if you get the Eagle view or the measurement from uh, the aerial, there's just no way to screw up when you just got to put in the squares with waste. So that is a tool that I started using. Now, I think if this gets out my sales ups here, that's, they're going to kick me in the nuts, but we were doing it that way. And that's the only way to keep their heads straight and not worry about the price. And it has done nothing for, but help our bottom line. We're making more profit margins now than we were even on a two-step, and we thought that's how you're going to make the most out of a job. But it just somehow starts to balance out way better. And yeah. it's, it's, yeah, and that's kind of what we're doing. And that's what we've been doing, and it's been working, and we're still going to do it every month until we get to that sweet spot exactly where we want to be, which is pretty much right now, but we're going to keep testing the waters. Yeah, you're not – you're not obscene about it. So a lot of people, when you talk about price increases, they start to think, oh, you're, you're greedy. You're being obscene. You're being, you, call it whatever, no. you, you know, whatever you want. All you're doing no. is you're saying, okay, here's my model. Here's my profit model. And in order for me to net the 15% that I am entitled to for delivering good value and good service, here's where my price needs to be, right? Yeah. That's all you're doing. Well, we, we had a price book that was, you know, all broken down and it's taken probably two to three years to constantly keep perfecting it, you know, because when yeah. jobs break out, the production manager would call me and say, hey, this doesn't seem right on this. So we need to adjust the pricing for this. Like today, he called me about the smaller siding jobs. You know, they don't break out quite as well. What do we do? And so I'm trying to think, okay, what is the minimum? What are we going to need to increase if it's smaller? So I, I think just from doing it for so long, having set pricing and tweaking and tweaking and tweaking until we see our bottom line making way better sense. That's what it's all about. Now, I'm not trying to gouge. I'm trying to pay for everything. Right. You know, these, these sales bonuses we give out are, are phenomenal. Uh, the 401ks, you name it. I mean, it's, uh, you have to charge the right price for marketing. I mean, I'm, I'm at like almost a 15% marketing cost for my growth. I have to pay for that through the sales we have. So I have to make sure that we're pricing accordingly to cover those costs. Then I want to make sure I'm making a profit. So yeah, we're very expensive, but you have to be. There's a lot of risk out there. Right. There's a lot of pain, a lot of problems. My God, this is music to my ears, Mark. I love hearing you talk like this. <laughs> and, and, and look, aren't you able to better deliver your quote-unquote brand promise to your customer? Aren't you better able 100%. to do it now that you have good people in place, which, you know, people, good people are not cheap. Because, uh, yep. Go ahead. What were you going to say? It, 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 well, it's a little of everything. You know, you have yeah. nicer trucks, you get happier, happier uh, employees because you get better bonuses. And that's for every field, production, call center, marketing, sales, everyone has performance benchmarks, you know, and, and then, you know, whether it's using G4 marketing at the end of the sale, you know, it, it's creating everything and why we're priced the way we are. It's making sure that we're taking care of the people who are, you know, after jobs done. Now we have our, 
events manager going off the jobs now and wrapping it up with a photo. And, you know, it's when you're charging right price, you're having enough money to do these extra things that are going to create the funnel of bringing more repeat business. Yeah. That's really what it's about to help lower our marketing costs. Yeah. And also, ultimately, at the end of the day, it's the right thing to do for the customer. At the end of the day, most people, most people are perfectly fine paying more to get a better experience, to get better communicated with, to have better service warranty, to not deal with a company that's so financially strapped that they're taking deposits today and having to go pay the supplier to go install the next job so that they can get paid on that job to go buy the material for the last job. It's, it's not good for anybody to run a business that way. And so, you know, I, I, I applaud you for, for, you know, for, for making these changes and, 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 you know, and doing right by your people and doing right by your, by your customer. So as we, as we wrap up here, I usually ask if you could, you know, if you can go back and, you know, what would you do different? I guess, you know, for you, there's a modified, I guess a slightly modified version of that is what would you have pulled the trigger on faster two or three years ago? What's like that one thing that you would pulled the trigger on faster had you known what you know today? You know, and I, I say this with, with all respect to, you know, I'm not saying the sales system changed everything and changed the whole dynamic. I think it's the, it's, it's, I think it's understanding your numbers, extremely granular as far as, you know, your raw lead to a set lead, to an issued lead, to a demo, to an average job size, to an SLI, understanding that three years ago, yeah, understanding that and, and how to do that. And then, understanding a, a better scalable sales process and understanding that I can't be all things to all people and start narrowing down these items that are replacements I could, that I could scale. That changed everything, you know, and get out of sales. If, if you're an owner and you're trying to grow your company, hire a sales manager, get out of sales because that has opened up a wide door of accountability for my sales manager and everyone else below me. So I could focus on growing this company and I haven't run a sale in the past year and I did it that way. I knew that me being in a house for three hours, twice a day, isn't helping this company grow. Yeah. It's bringing in money and everything, but it's not helping this company grow. So I knew we had to make an investment at the end of the year into a sales manager to get to the next level so I can move on to the next thing. And, and mainly it's marketing, dive into marketing, understand marketing to grow that sales team. So, I mean, I guess that's a lot, but I would no, it's good. First understand that. Yeah. Those, those understanding the numbers and how to get those numbers is, was something I wish I, I understood better. Yeah. Um, and then making that, making that change and going a hundred percent, you know, you, you got to go a hundred percent and you're going to get kicked down. Yeah, a lot, and you're gonna you're gonna probably go broke a couple times, but you'll get back. It's always, you know, it, it it'll work out. It really does. Yeah, hopefully not go broke, but you know, right, get close. You might get close. Get close, yeah, yeah. But yeah. you have to keep fighting, like Mark did. Well, Mark, look, I I'm so happy to see you where you're at 
it could not happen to two nicer guys. You and your, I know you and your brother have just, you know, you've worked really hard over the years. And I hope this year is, uh, you know, I know that, you know, the whole COVID thing is, is out there this year and we don't know how it's going to shake out, but I'm glad that up to this point, things are good. That's, a, that's actually a really good sign. And hopefully it, it continues this year. And um, at least now you'll know what you need to do. You'll make adjustments and you'll protect your margins. You'll protect your profitability and grow a great business. Absolutely. Amen. Cool. All right. Well, thank you, Mark. Thanks for coming back. I'm going to have to come back, you know, next year. We're going to have to do another one of these and talk about what you learned in the last year because this is great. Yeah. I love it. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for being yeah. here. I would love to come back. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So to everybody that is, uh, that's listening, if you don't, by the way, if you don't have a copy of my book, The Seven Secrets to Becoming a Wealthy Contractor, by all means, please go to thewealthycontractor.com and get yourself a copy. It is still free. I just ask you to pay shipping and handling on the book. Go and get it at uh, thewealthycontractor.com. And that's it for this episode of the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. This is Brian Kaskavalsian with G4 Marketing Group. And until next time. All right. So that's it for today's episode of the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. Let me ask you, did it help you look at your business in a new way? Did it spark an idea or ideas you hadn't thought of before? Do you have a list of action items that you can take and implement into your business or your life today? I really hope so. Now, before you go, make sure you subscribe to the Wealthy Contractor Podcast so you get access to the latest episodes as soon as they're available. We're always striving to provide you with great content so you don't want to miss what's coming up. And a favor. I'd really appreciate it if you'd go to iTunes and post a review of this podcast. Let us know how we're doing. And finally, We started The Wealthy Contractor as a resource to help you, the home improvement entrepreneur, regardless of where you are on the wealthy scale, get where you want to go. We want to provide you with the motivation, the confidence, the resources, and the tools so you too can live the life of The Wealthy Contractor. Now, The Wealthy Contractor is a place where it's okay for you to want it all. In fact, it's not only okay, it's encouraged. So until next time, this is Brian Kaskovalsian with G4 Marketing. Group.